Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official chapter of the Method to the Mythos podcast. I'm your host, Max. And I'm your host, Tom. This is the first of many incredible episodes we have planned for you, so kick back, relax, and enjoy the flow of the conversation. From the discovery of fire, to the establishment of civilization, the beginning of philosophy, to the peak of modern technology, we've reached the future, but now that we're here, where do we go? And moreover, how can we use the lessons of our past to better understand the present? The potential is limitless, and we are the means. We are the method to the mythos. All right, Tom. So first off, to everyone who is listening, hope you guys enjoyed the intro. I know it's a little catchy. Tom and I feel pretty great about it. And uh, yeah, welcome to the podcast. So chapter one, Tom, I know you and I, we are really excited to start putting these episodes out. We got a bunch of ideas, but there really is only one way it could start. And that is with a self-titled Method to the Mythos chapter one. I'm really excited. Everybody who's here from square one, thank you guys for the support. Really happy to have you here. We've got an amazing podcast lined up and many more episodes to come after this. So happy to have you here. Thanks for the support. And uh, yeah, looking forward to growing together. Yeah, it's going to be quite an experience. We're going to talk about everything and anything under the sun, from spirituality to business to religion to video games. Yeah, it's it, we're going to cover everything. And it's going to be quite a growing experience for for everyone involved. And that's the really exciting thing. But I think before we get into the name of Method to the Mythos and what it is, I think it's important that we introduce ourselves so that people know who it is they're working with. So Max, do you want to take it away? And Yeah, for sure. So really good point. You know, people got to know who we are. And uh, not everybody who's going to be here listening to the first episode is going to know us from beforehand. So I guess the best way to start would be talking about what I'm doing now and touching on a few of my past experiences to help illustrate things a little bit more thoroughly, because I've got a lot. I could spend way too much time going over the things I've done and what I'm passionate about. So I'll keep it concise and really describe who I am. I would be what you would call a multidisciplinary business professional. I'm currently the co-founder and head of business development in my current company, uh, which is a well-established consulting firm. I also do independent business consulting, which primarily focuses on strategy, marketing, mentoring, and training less experienced business professionals. And before that, I was working in sales and marketing as my day job. That was like my nine to five. I was working with a lot of really, really interesting brands, though, like brands that I feel very passionate and proud about working with, like Mercedes, Audi, Telus, Saputo. You know, I was working with some really, really big and amazing brands, and I was a driving force in them. So the experience is absolutely incredible. I've learned so many things, and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. On top of the nine to five, though, I did also have quite a few side hustles going like e-commerce. Of course, that's a big one. I was also independently representing a couple of brands. I tried to get into independent sales consulting, which was interesting. Needless to say, it wasn't really for me. I feel like it could have worked better. But a big one, actually, which might catch some of you guys, if you don't know me a little off guard here is I also did some professional gaming. So yeah, that might be unexpected that I include professional gaming in the mix. but you know, I actually did really well. And uh, I had a lot of fun doing it too. I was, um, I'm sure we'll refer to my gaming career many times in future episodes, because that's going to be one of the topics we talk about. 
And it was a significant part of my life as well as as well as your life, Tom. Funny enough, you and I actually met at the beginning of high school as a result of a mutual gaming friend. So I think that gaming was actually quite a big part of our growing relationship over the years. You know, those Mario Kart games, they, they got pretty intense, didn't they? <laughs> you know, I just wanted to say I'm actually I'm grateful every day that you, Jack, and I are still friends. Having grown up and being able to actively maintain childhood friendships is no small feat. And you better believe I live for those Mario Kart nights. They just, they, they bring us together in such a modern and just the energy that's brought together when you play Mario Kart. And it's not you versus your friends. It's you and your friends versus the bots. Yeah, definitely does. You know what is, is funny? Just to, just to touch on that before I go forward. I love how as we got better. We started using the big characters, which were technically harder to control. And if you slowed down, you would have a hard time catching back up. But if you kept your momentum going and you were just drifting all the corners, you were easily the fastest characters in the game. And I think that's funny that, you know, referring it to energy, it's like as you got good at flowing with the energy and you could get into the big energy game, that's when you really took it to another level. So um, anyway, to go forward, to fast forward into my early 20s, actually. I was working as a truck driver after high school just due to my family connections in that industry. And doing that, I was actually traveling around the continent on a regular basis and becoming a little bit wanderlust as a result. So I ended up making a big decision. Uh, I wrapped my life up, minimized my possessions to what I could carry on my back. Quite literally, I was giving everything that I owned away and making sure to assure everybody that I wasn't doing it for the wrong reasons, but for the right reasons. And uh, that was when I left and went on my grand journey to the other side of the world and lived in Japan for a year. That was easily one of the biggest and most important decisions of my life. Things, they were just never the same since then. I mean, I did come back to SAS for, I think, about a month or two before I moved out to Vancouver, but that was more of a stop between two destinations than it was its own time in my life. So anyway, I will go into more details about my experiences in Japan in a later episode. We've already got that planned and look forward to it. It's going to be great. For now, let's just say that as far as life-changing spiritual journeys go, it easily takes its place at the top of my list. All right, so... Now we get to, I've moved out to Vancouver with the limited possessions I had. It almost felt like starting a new character in a game. And uh, I came out here to pursue my goals of being an engineer and sparking up and revisiting my professional gaming career. I was making some big progress at it as well. I had been accepted into the aerospace program at BCIT, and I started competing in a lot of local and online tournaments. Even won a few of them. It was it was incredible. I was playing League of Legends, which is a super hard game. Felt quite proud about it, but anybody who knows that game probably knows it requires an insane amount of time and commitment to really take it to that upper echelon professional level, and I couldn't maintain that. That along with the fact that I had been going to school and I just felt like engineering wasn't the right career for me. I, I love it as a hobby, and I will always cherish the skills that I've gained. But as a career, it didn't fit. So I decided to step away and commit myself to developing a business career for me, like just a professional businessman. And I did it in such a way where I was working and studying on my own time to acquire the skills and experience I needed to get to where I am now. And I'm now at the point where I have a substantial amount of business education. Uh, I even have an MBA from an international institute in Germany. And uh, I'd like to believe that 
I have a wealth of knowledge that is reflective of somebody who's really pursuing a career that they're aligned with. So even in this podcast in Project Arcana, I think all of that is a result of making these decisions and focusing in the right direction for me. But that's enough for me. Tom, tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, So a little bit about myself. My name's Tom, and I'm a religious studies scholar and ceremonial magician. I'll explain a little bit more about what I mean by ceremonial magician and magic in a future episode as it's a fairly complex explanation, but for now, the important thing to know is that it's not illusions and stage magic, but more aligned with Western esotericism. But yeah, no, when I got out of high school, I went straight into working in kitchens, uh, thinking my future was in the culinary arts, but it just, it never felt right, and... After several years of inconsistent work and just overall dissatisfaction with the lack of forward momentum and growth that the culinary industry offered me, um, I decided to go to university. And I knew I wanted to do something in the arts. And so in January of 2018, I decided to just try university. And so I took just two classes to start, an English 100 and a Religious Studies 100. And I found that uh, very quickly that religious studies was the discipline I was meant to be in. It just, it captivated me in a way that other disciplines didn't. And I've always been like a, a big reader, which is why I picked English as one of them. But when I got into it, it just, it didn't resonate right. And for the first time in my life, it was like, oh, I found what it is that feels right and what actually I want to do with myself. And so even though religious studies is an underemployed field, I decided to go with it because it just, it felt right. Then last year when COVID hit, my life got turned upside down as were so many others. School took on a weird online format that just wasn't satisfying academically for me. And I decided to put my degree on hold until a return to normalcy. And it was during this period of academic inactivity that Max and I reconnected and it resulted in the Method to the Mythos podcast and Project Arcana. When Max and I reconnected in around November of last year, 2020, we were both on the same page that we wanted to create some sort of content. And I promptly pitched this idea for a podcast that focused on explaining religious and spiritual traditions in an interesting and undogmatic way. And he suggested that instead of it being focused entirely on religion, that we should also draw parallels between ancient and esoteric teachings and how to apply them in a contemporary way. And it was like a switch went off in my head. And it's like, that's what it was. Because I had not thought about the contemporary side of things because I'm so often steeped in books in the past. And so I'm so concerned with why people believe the things they did and how we got to this point. And that's the point where I kind of drop it off and where Max picks it up and suddenly the connection becomes complete. And this circuit connects and the energy from past to present and into the future flows. Yeah, it flows so perfectly, right? I feel like that's such a good dynamic that we have together. And I think that's the really cool thing about Method to the Mythos is that it's it's truly a reflection of your personality and mine. And we kind of, we, we cross into a little bit of the modern and a little bit into the historic, but we both have our roots in our respective fields and it's a meeting and a blending of the two together. Yeah, definitely. I agree. So, I mean, that would be a really good point now that we're talking about the podcast and kind of the purpose of it is to get a little bit more into introducing the podcast. Now, I know many of you guys 
probably have read the name. And if you know the saying, you've already compared it to the saying method to the madness. And I'm sure you love the name. It stands out to you. You're like, this name is great, but what does it mean? Um, so method to the mythos is definitely a play on the concept method to the madness. And just as there is reason to the madness, there is reason to the mythos. And just to communicate this correctly, because a lot of people, they take the word mythos and they assume it with myth directly. And then myth comes up with this idea of untrue or not provable in some way, kind of like a myth is not something that exists in the world, like dragons and stuff. And uh, by the way, you never know, dragons could have existed. But we're touching on the idea of mythos and mythology, which is more of a structured set of beliefs and a reason behind these beliefs. So just wanted to clear that up, but really, really interesting story for you guys. And that is the way that the name came to be. Tom, this is this is a funny story. I know when I reached out to you, what was it? It was like probably the middle of the night and I had reached out to you because it just it came to me through a hook in a song while I was in the shower. And to touch on that point, I know it's very business of me to say this, but amazing ideas come to you in the shower. So like, don't just plow through your shower time and think, oh, I just want it to be done so I can get on to what I'm doing. That is some valuable time. That is like, meditating under a waterfall but in the 21st century <laughs> so use that and have that mental candy just flowing through your brain while you're in the shower contemporary stillness yeah there we go i like that so yeah anyway the hook in the song i was just i was having a shower going through thoughts really thinking about the name of the podcast and suddenly i heard the line what's your method and it was an electronic song, really, really upbeat. I, I wouldn't say that I was on the same wavelength as that song at the time. But when that came in, it was just, in my mind, it was either genius or stupidity. And Tom, I think that's the way I sent the message to you too. I said, hey guys, I either had a stroke of genius or I'm being crazy here, but what do you think about this name? And Tom, what did you think about that name when I first sent it to you? That was my immediate reaction to it. I was like, that's perfect. It sums it up in the way that I was trying to articulate it, but was unable to. And so as soon as I saw it, it was like, that's the name. That's what we're going with. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I, I, I thought so, too, because it, it hit me in the same way. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is definitely it. Well, and especially because like and to bring up your point, as soon as you said it, I was like, it's like method to the madness, but it's mythos because people look at religion and they're like, wow, they're crazy. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, though. That's it's kind of why we're doing this, right? It, that's one of the big points. But from that point, now that we have it here, do you want to talk a little bit more on, and I know we did touch on it a little bit, but what are we going to be talking about in the podcast? Just just a little bit of it. And one of the big points about the community building that we're trying to do around this podcast, just as the name says, method to the mythos, that's that's our objective here. We're trying to look at these, these teachings and this historical, cultural, ancient information that exists and is actually very valuable, but often either misunderstood or not appreciated or just completely disregarded or ignored by people who maybe don't have the time, the capacity, or possibly the desire to involve themselves in it because they don't see it relevant to them. But ultimately, you know, you and I, we, we see this, we see the parallels and the relevancy, and we see the method. That's what we're doing is we're wanting to touch on these topics, which we find very interesting, and bring them to people in a contemporary way where we can actually show that there is value to be involved with this kind of information and build a community around it. Ultimately, we want to have a place where people can actually involve themselves in discussion about these topics and then communicate not just with us and not just listen to us, but communicate together 
and be able to promote this spiritual and religious literacy that goes beyond just religious studies as an academics, but more along the lines of understanding the human experience and the human element more thoroughly in general. Well, I'd have to say that the way that you described Method to the Mythos and our mission statement is perfect. To expand on it, as we started developing Method to the Mythos, we we came to the conclusion that we should diversify and not just do a podcast specifically. And so we decided to start what eventually became Project Arcana. It started with just a list of words and... Arcana happened to be one of the words on the list. And when I read it out to Max, it, it was one of those words that just clicked. And then suddenly it evolved into Project Arcana. Normally when people start apparel companies like this, they'll reach out to influencers across social media to advertise their merchandise and just get the word out to the populace. But we knew that we were also doing this podcast. And so it just became, it made sense for us to just merge the two together and become the influencer. Yeah, most definitely, right? Like, it, when it comes down to it, it, becoming the influencer is not just beneficial because the ROI is high technically, but it's also rewarding because we wanted to do this anyway, right? Like, even if we're not in a position now where we would call ourselves influencers in the accepted social media sense of things, we've always kind of been influencers. So all we're doing is we're now making the wider audience influencer on the digital platform an objective that we're actually working towards so yeah i love that i love how method of the mythos started it and then project arcana came in and now it's kind of become the platform that helps officiate it and in in the process also gives everybody who's involved with us a good platform to discuss and express themselves on well and yeah and so and we knew that we wanted to create content and we knew that we wanted to have it in a spiritual vein and that bled over into the apparel. And when we decided to merge the two, it was like, oh, we've got not just an apparel company, but a multimedia company in the works. It all clicked into place and it resulted in this Project Arcana production. Yeah, for sure. And hey, you mentioned something on the mission statement. And I, I agree, but I, I don't think I quite fully explained it because I think there's a bit more to it. And I think that a lot of it aligns with one of your big objectives that you've been communicating to me since we first started speaking. I remember, it, I think it kind of started with me because to be honest, you've taught me so much about religion that I think on top of just creating this ability to to look at the mythos in a methodical way, we also are spreading literacy, right? Like that that's kind of a big objective of ours is to actually put that information out there and help increase the literacy of our audience and the world as a whole. A hundred percent. And and I think that's actually it, it's so important that you mention that because when I got to university and for the longest time I had this mindset of what am I going to do for work with this religious studies degree? I think there's nothing to do with religious studies. You said to me while we were working on this podcast that well, you're creating the work. And it just like a light went off in my head. And it was an illuminating moment. And it became apparent after you had said that, that it wasn't that I needed to find some sort of nine to five job with my religious studies degree. What I needed to do with it, even though I don't have it yet, is spread religious literacy in a way that is entertaining, undogmatic, and engaging. Because there's so much interesting content within religion, and I see it in people when I talk to them about religion. Any spiritual tradition, when you start getting into it and you start looking at the stories and, and just the myth behind it all, there's this, it resonates with people on such a deep level 
And it's because it intrigues them because it's the unknown, right? And that unknown drives us forward. And there's so much unknown that people just close themselves off to it because it's easier to just live in your box instead of exploring all of this wonder that's all around you. But it's just a matter of engaging with it and and knowing that when you start working and looking at other religions, that you're not going to end up in a bad place. You're not going to end up in some sort of eternal torment. You're not going to become a bad person. If anything, you're going to become a better person because your understanding of why people believe the things they do will start to dispel all of these preconceived notions you have about your neighbors, your brothers, your sisters. And yourself. And yourself. Because ultimately, it's just reflections of the self. Yeah, definitely. You know, the self is a good point to transition into my place here because some of the people might be thinking, okay, Max, he's, he seems like a smart guy. He, he works in business. So yeah, he can be one of the method points to this Method to the Mythos podcast. But where does he align with this on a spiritual side? And that is a point I really want to bring up here because I think that's always been one of my biggest traits that a lot of people, in myself included, didn't quite fully understand. But I've always been a very deeply spiritual person. And I think a lot of it comes from my really early introduction into the way of the sword and ancient samurai tradition. I've always aligned and I've identified and even idolized the samurai for so long. I remember the first time I got my Vulcan, it was... I was eight years old, and when I held it in my hands, it it just felt right. And from that point onward, it helped shape me into this spiritual practitioner that has grown and been ever-present in my life from very, very early on. I think it even started before I got my sword, but that just helped to mold it into this samurai outlook and this way of the sword that I've been following and I've been refining my spirit around for many, many years. And that's a really big point here is because it's it's not just the religious literacy that we're going to talk about. It's also the spiritual literacy. Even if you, no matter what, there are some people who just, they, whether it be a jaded aspect or just a factor where they don't identify with a religion, with all of its terminology, it doesn't speak to you. There is the general spiritual side of it. And that's one of the things that I've been doing for quite a while. I've even had people tell me, hey, are you religious? Because of how, I don't want to say crazy I speak, but how out there I speak at times. Um, But it's not a religious factor. It's a spiritual factor. So whether you are able to connect and identify with the religious literacy that we're going to be putting out, or with just the spiritual literacy that we're going to be putting out, I think that there's a place for everybody in here to communicate and even grow, grow with us as well. We'll be growing together, right? And on that point of growing, really good thing to address here, because this We're going to be sharing a lot of information, and no matter how factual, no matter how much we cite it, one thing we want to just make apparent here is that the lines we're drawing are loose, and that also this is our opinion, right? So we're specifically focusing on keeping the opinion open, and there's only one thing that we can really be certain of, and that is that nothing is certain, but everything that we talk about here, take it with a grain of salt, you know, go and figure it out for yourself. If you really resonate with something that's mentioned, then go and learn more about it. Immerse yourself in it and come to your own understanding because that's what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to create a new form of dogma. We're really trying to create this this undogmatic way for you to go and explore your own spiritual journey and spiritual self. I think it's so important that you mentioned spiritual literacy as well as religious literacy because there's so many spiritual grifters out there who are actively leading people astray because they have a 
base knowledge of religion and spiritual practices, and they manipulate people based on their lack of religion and spiritual literacy. And it's incredibly important for us to minimize the amount of people who can get away with this and by learning about religion and spirituality as much as you can, you avoid these people. Yeah, for sure. Because then you come to your own terms, right? And coming from that point, I think that gives everybody a really good idea as to what the podcast is about, where it came from, which is always a, it's going to be close to my heart, that story, because I just like it so much the way that it came to be, it felt really meant to be. So to start with giving you a little bit of insight into what we're going to be talking about, we don't want to go into depth here because we're going to be saving these for future episodes where we break down and go deep into topics. But me being a business professional and identifying as such, a lot of what I have seen has been on the business side of things. And as somebody who handles business at an executive and ownership level, I've seen really amazing things happen in the business world. And it usually shapes itself as unyielding spiritual focus and daily rituals manifesting personal and professional success in your lives. But this all kind of stems down to developing and putting your intent out into the world and then having it come to be and actually create these really marvelous and unbelievable results. There are times when this is as simple as mentoring somebody or teaching somebody and seeing them grow into a more actualized version of themselves. And that's a very spiritual experience, no matter who you are, or how you want to look at it. And then other times it could be you and or your team actually going out and creating a substantial impact in the world. And that is usually because business is a journey of self-actualization. A really good parallel to this, an image that I'm going to leave a link to in the actual description for you to check out, is uh, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. This is an image that is referred to in most business BBAs as well as MBAs, and I think that it really conceptualizes the journey of business, which has been around for a long time, actually, into what it was thousands of years ago and what it is now. Because when people think business, they think this capitalist-driven, financially exuberant Instagram lifestyle of driving Lamborghinis and stuff. And although I am a car head and I can't wait to have my nice car, there's much more to it than that. In the hierarchy of needs, you move your way through your physiological needs into emotional all the way up to self-actualization. And this is the overall goal for most business professionals. I've met with a lot of CEOs who are worth millions and millions of dollars. And when I speak to them, they all attribute their journey to this. The objective is to actualize themselves. Money will come. Money always comes if you commit to what you do and you are financially literate and you know how to handle your finances, you will become a wealthy person. But it's about how you do that. And that is where this becomes a really important topic to draw on when we talk about just what it means to be human in the modern day and also where it aligns with religion quite a bit. And I know when we were first starting to talk, Tom, I would mention these experiences I had and how the people who I was interacting with were incredibly religious. Like they aligned with their religious institution, or I wouldn't say institution, but their religious beliefs almost entirely, like 100% of their being. And it would allow them to manifest their intent in the world like it was second nature to them. Their spirit was just powerful and overflowing, and you could feel it. Just speaking with them, you could feel the power and spirit in their words penetrating into you. And it was an experience that really speaks to the fact that there is more than meets the eye to the human experience overall, 
And I, I love that. So I'm really, really passionate about that. I, as I mentioned before, I'm a spiritual practitioner. So this is the way that I align with business primarily. And um, I guess the fact that a lot of the people who I associate with are really strong religious believers is interesting because I get to communicate with you about it. And you really open my eyes along with them to these religious beliefs. And then I come in with my kind of an orthodox approach to spirituality, which is the way of the sword, the samurai, or way of the warrior, I guess you could say, uh, just to keep it away from those, those ties to samurai culture, is I come in very generally spiritual. And the funny thing is, is that I align with almost all of it as well. So I know that that's a really big thing. Tom, the religion side is a really big thing as well. So why don't you give us a little bit of, uh, of an insight into religion, what you identify with on the religious side, and then what people have to look forward to. Yeah, well, to start, I'd like to say that I think that the reason that you're able to resonate with all these people and that they're able to resonate with you is that it doesn't matter what spiritual journey or path you take, it's all aiming at the end goal, right? You can be a Zen Buddhist, a Catholic priest, a physicist, right? And your ultimate goal is to fully actualize yourself and to become more than what you were. And for me, when I think about religion, I personally, like, there's so many elements across every religious tradition where when I look at it, I go, wow, there's a lot of beauty here. And at the same breath, I go, but there's also a lot of ugliness that's present as well. And so, like, for me, Christianity, there's so much of Christianity I love, but there's so much of it I hate, especially with how much suffering it's caused. And not to, like, overly harp on Christians specifically, because I can, I will defend Christians till my dying breath, but I will also critique them till my dying breath, because I think that's super critical, because if we don't critique the mistakes of the past, we're doomed to repeat them again. And Christianity at its core is a religion of love, where, you know, love your neighbor, do not harm others. But so many people put themselves in this position of, I am the judge, I, I am the judge, jury, and executioner. And they make these broad sweeping decisions based on what they believe God wants, which is a complete misinterpretation and maligning of the spiritual tradition. And so for me, it's the same thing with any religion. There's beauty and there's ugly in it. If I had to pick an institutionalized religion that I resonate with the most, I'd say it would be Buddhism, specifically Tibetan Buddhism, because there's a lot of cross between ceremonial magic and Bon, and Bon and Theravada Buddhism, when they merged, resulted in Tibetan Buddhism, which is why Tibetan Buddhism has such a, a different shape and flavor compared to Buddhism in other parts of Asia. I think that the thing is, is that there's no reason why you could not do Zen meditation, for example, and pray the rosary, right? And I know that's kind of a weird crossover to make, but it's if it resonates with you, were you sitting there and being Zen, and then afterwards going through and not necessarily praying the Hail Mary specifically, but just praying anything with a rosary, if the item resonates with you and it helps you grow spiritually, why not engage with it, right? So long as you're doing it in a respectful way that doesn't bring shame on the root culture it comes from yeah for sure i like your i or your mention of the items that we associate with some of our spiritual practices because i think we're in this weird world where bringing your spiritual practice into the physical reality it, it can almost seem a little taboo at times but it, i think it's very important and i know i speak from a swordsman's point of view where 
quite literally the sword is an extension and the embodiment of my soul. So for me, the item that I use to enact my spiritual practice is so significant and utterly irrefutable that I can't take another route to it. Like now to touch on that, there is the swordless sword, but even then you're using a sword. So I would still argue that even when you're in the swordless state, you are still using a sword. But I think that a big part about um, what we're talking about with spiritual literacy, spiritual journey, religious literacy, the correlations between business is that living in the modern day, living in the 21st century, there are a lot of ways that this is currently being practiced, could be practiced. And in some cases, like you mentioned, you know, maybe should be considered to not be practiced because we're moving forward. We're in a state where everybody has reached this level of global connectedness that people could not have possibly even imagined thousands of years ago when a lot of these religious traditions were in their earlier stages or where they were really taking shape. And this is one of the things that we have to take into consideration as people living in this age. I do think that we're now getting to a point, probably due to the connectedness, where spirituality is kind of resurfacing and it's really taking shape in a lot of people's lives. And funny enough, if if you look at a lot of the focus, unfortunately, some of it does take place as more of a really heavy left-leaning focus. But to take that political view out of the way, a lot of people are taking the spiritual and kind, empathetic, emotional stand on things rather than taking the harsh industrial physical stand on things. And I think it's because all of this plays a really big part in who we are, in the mind, the body, and the spirit. And there's no way to argue that, right? Like when you feel it, you feel it. So I like that you mentioned the items because it kind of triggered that to me, such as when I picked up the sword, I felt it. I couldn't put it into words, but I felt it. And those are some of the things that we're going to talk about here, right? Because I come from business and I guess to to kind of say I'm spoiled or privileged in this regards is my really deep spiritual drive and practice of spiritual business. It's really heavily accepted and not just accepted, but idolized in a lot of times. So when I go out and I do my daily practices and have my mindset focus and express my spiritual drive in business, people go, oh, wow, that's amazing. He's this guy is successful or he's going to make it big. And he is a he is an eccentric or an acceptable businessman. And well, you look at some of the biggest names like Elon Musk. And I, I hate to bring that up as, as a point because I know there's a lot of controversy on it. But there are things that drive the most successful business people that are not a part of our material world. And we all know it. We all appreciate it. and We all want it. So we're going to talk about a lot of how we can acquire that without, without having to be some super successful business guy who has a multi-billion dollar net worth at his control. Well, and, and see, this is the thing. I, I find that the crossovers between religion and business are so ever-present if, if you have the eye to see it. And so, yeah, people are idolized in the business world when they're able to manifest things and produce things. People are so caught up in the physicality of the world that we exist in that they correspond that with the be-all and end-all of existence. And it's definitely a part because you want to be in a position in life where you're financially secure enough, where you're not amplifying your suffering unnecessarily. But just like spiritual practices aren't the be-all and end-all, so too with business. And I think it's important to recognize that when we're able to manifest something in our lives spiritually, that we embrace that result the same way as if we had done something in the business world. Because 
at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. It's how much peace of mind you have within you, right? Because it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you're living in a hellish landscape, a hellish thoughtscape, rather, you're not living life properly, right? There are two things that cause depression, chemical and imbalance, or you're not living your life right, full stop. And you can fix yourself with medication through a chemical imbalance. And if you're not living your life right, the only thing you can do is make a step that's in an opposite direction of where you're going. Yeah, take a different step, right? And <laughs> talking about taking those steps, I think we're getting to the point now where we're, we're more than likely going to wrap up this first episode. We hope that you guys were able to get a lot of value and understand what we're trying to do here with this podcast. And I hope that we have you intrigued for the episodes to come because we've got a lot of value that we want to share. We've got a wealth of knowledge between the two of us and we really want to communicate and have this open discussion with not just me and Tom, but everybody here. So if anything didn't make sense or maybe it all made sense and you just feel like you align with what we're doing so much that you want to come and talk to us on the podcast, the wonderful thing about podcasts is that is entirely possible. So feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions, if you want to chat, if you just want to be part of the community, get involved with this movement, and then also support the movement, reach out to us. We're going to leave links down in the description so you can actually connect with us on your chosen social media platform. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you like the video. Also subscribe so you can check everything that's coming in the future. And I know YouTube has a new system where you got to actually turn on notifications. So if you don't want to miss, make sure you turn on those notifications. But we want to really push this forward that, Tom, you love having conversations and discussions about topics that you find interesting. I'm the same. I love communicating on topics I find interesting. But the one constant here is that we love to discuss interesting topics with unique and interesting people. Reach out to us. Reach out to us and talk to us, and we would be happy to get back to you. I'd have to agree. And moreover you as the audience member have to reach out and engage with us. We want to hear from you. We want to engage with the people that are listening to us because without you, there is no us. And as we grow, we hope to see you grow as well. And if we can engage with you in that growing process, well, all the better for everyone involved. That's really the name of the game is to see as many people grow into the fully actualized version of who they're meant to be. Because there's no reason to live in this modern world with all of these amenities around us and live in these states of amplified suffering, right? And our goal is to minimize that as best we can. And if that comes in the form for you specifically is just having an outlet to talk about something spiritual because maybe the people in your family aren't as accepting, then all for the better, right? And it doesn't matter where you are in life, you're here now. It's just growth from here on out. Yes, you are here now. Wonderful to have you. Love the support. If you're here later on in the future, maybe 10, 20, I don't know, 100 years from now, then all the same. Welcome. Welcome to the method. The method to the mythos.